Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. And this week we have with us uh, a guest that's been with us a number of times because uh, the field in which he practices is of interest to almost everybody in the state of North Carolina. And that's our insurance commissioner, Mike Causey. And uh, Commissioner Causey was just reelected for his second term. And we congratulate you on that. And uh, uh, so, first of all, welcome back to the program and congratulations. Well, thank you, Don. And I'm just proud to be here. Well, uh, uh, you know, we, we were talking about that before the program began. It is always good. And the weather has been uh, kind of consistent. I understand you're on the road and uh, you've been down and look at some uh, dang, uh, some uh, damage down in southeastern North Carolina. I have. It's been just devastating to see the damage uh, near Ocean Isle Beach, Ocean Isle Plantation, uh, between Ocean Isle Beach and Shalote in Brunswick County. And as I talked to the residents, uh, the most were in their homes. They had no warning. Uh, there was a thunderstorm in the area. And this tornado just drops out of the sky. And in a matter of two or three seconds, it devastated numerous families. There were uh, at least 60 homes that were damaged. And as I talked with the Brunswick Emergency Management folks uh, yesterday, None of those homes could have power until they get that construction restored. Some houses were completely destroyed, and numerous businesses uh, had their roofs blown off and uh, lots of damage. Three people were killed, one husband and wife, and at least 10 injured. So we never know when a disaster may strike, and our office is here to help. We have a mobile command center, victims assistance center on the ground right now, assisting those victims. Well, you know, tornadoes are really uh, interesting because where they strike, they can be just so devastating. And yet, uh, you know, you can predict tornado conditions, but you can't predict exactly where they're going to hit or if they're going to hit. And this differs, of course, from a hurricane, which usually has broader coverage, but is far more predictable and we can prepare for it a little bit better. Well, exactly. We saw that last year up in Bertie County where that tornado destroyed a completely a mobile home park. And the winds are so powerful, you see trees that are 100-year-old trees that are snapped like toothpicks in, in just a matter of two seconds. So that shows you the power of that wind. Well, uh, and it, and they strike everywhere. There's, I don't think there's a, a place in North Carolina that's uh, safe from a tornado. I guess there are some areas inland in North Carolina that are more are, are better prepared to take on the effects of a uh, hurricane. But uh, tornadoes are just uh, can't predict where or when or if. Exactly. Well, at least with a hurricane, you have some warning. You know which general direction that is headed, uh, and Sometimes with uh, snowstorms, winter storms, we know, but with, with a tornado, uh, it, they're very hard to predict. And, and because uh, there are a lot of tornado warnings out there from time to time, and so few actually actually hit, we, we begin to think, well, that won't happen to me. Whereas a, a more widespread hurricane, you know you're going to have some effects from it. And so people are a little bit more careful to listen to the warnings and so forth. But uh, well, I think the main thing, Don, is for people to be prepared for any type of disaster. 
And we have on our website at ncdoi.gov uh, emergency preparedness. Uh, there's also a site, ncherclaims.com. And, and on our website, we tell people what to do before, during, and after a storm. So that's a good idea to, to know that you have to be prepared to take care of yourself at least 72 hours because it may be 72 hours or more before any first responders can get to you. So you've got to have the flashlights, the batteries, the water, food, and all of that. Now, I guess uh, in many respects, uh, if we look at our situation and then we look at the situation in, uh, in the Houston and the Texas area where there's such widespread outages, uh, our, our conditions actually sort of pale. But to the individual where the damage is, it's, it's, it's just as devastating, just as uh, concerning. Well, well that's, I'm no fan of that windmill power, but uh, I tell you, when you look at, at what's going on in Texas, it's, it's really a shame as much oil and gas as they have, and to put that reliability so much on wind power and all the windmills frozen uh, and people freezing to death, it's, it's a sad situation. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I guess sometimes you have to learn lessons the hard way uh, in certain situations. Well, uh, again, welcome to the program. And as you begin your second term, of course, uh, if, we were, if we were talking last year at the same time, we probably wouldn't be using words like pandemic or COVID-19 <laughs> right. or whatever. But we have had it uh, since essentially last March, and it's uh, peaked uh, a couple of times and come back. What kind of problems has the COVID-19 pandemic caused your office and what has it changed the way that you work and your office works? Well, it's certainly changed the world and it's certainly changed uh, the way people operate businesses. Uh, for about a year, so many businesses have had the majority of employees working from home. And I've talked to numerous uh, business owners and businessmen that, that traveled and where they used to travel 80,000 miles a year, say, to attend different uh, meetings. They've learned to use Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and I'm hearing feedback that we'll never operate exactly the way we did before because we're, we, we see we're saving money from travel by doing more of these virtual meetings. And so I think it'll be probably a long time before we get back to where we were prior to the pandemic. Now, I want to thank our first responders and our health care workers, grocery store workers, truckers, all of those folks that are out there every day that never had the luxury of working from home and keeping us safe and, uh, you know, we set up a registry uh, about a month ago for the fire fire departments. It's a COVID registry, so we could track it in case there's any hot spots. But the good news is the numbers continue to go down. Uh, the report I saw this week from the Independent Insurance Agents uh, Research is that we're the 41st lowest state in the nation for our uh, positive cases. So that means there are, uh, you know, 40 states with worse numbers than North Carolina, and I think with nine nine that uh, that have worse numbers. So we're getting there. People need to continue to observe the protocols, 
I had a real good friend of mine, uh, Don, that died this week. He was 80 years old. He he had had some health problems, but he was very active. He played golf, went fishing, uh, got in his car, drove around, owned property all over this state. He called me a week ago, needed help for his medical doctor, had an issue with insurance, wanted me to call the medical doctor to help with an insurance claim. I did that. And in that same conversation, the man, uh, his name was Mr. Brown, he, he said, Mike, I have tested positive for the virus. My wife has tested positive. My son has it, and my daughter has it. He said, but I'm fine. He said, my, my wife seems to be hit a little hard, but, but I'm going to be fine. His son contacted me a few days back and said, Mom and Dad both are in intensive care. Dad's on a ventilator. I called to check on him. Uh, the next day, and the son said, I'm sorry, Dad passed away. So that's how how devastating that virus can be. And it on some people, it's nothing. You know, I've talked to people that have tested positive. They had it. They didn't even know they were sick. And so it, it just affects people in different ways, especially uh, elderly and people with underlying conditions. Well, and uh, there's two things I want to follow up on. Uh, number one is that uh, as we begin to find more and more people are getting vaccines and, and the numbers are going down, this is no time to let up on the preventive uh, uh, and prevention methods that we take of uh, being a little bit more isolated, uh, separation, uh, mask, and uh, washing hands. This is the time to bear down on that because uh, we've also found uh, there's some good news that as we wear masks, and wash our hands and take a little bit more care, ordinary flu and things like that are diminishing. So there are some uh, yes. other effects yeah. other than just the COVID-19. Well, and, and you're right. And there's all different viewpoints. And, you know, I'm not for forcing anybody to do anything uh, that they don't want to do, but just people need to have courtesy and respect for others and, and remember to, you know, as long as we're in this situation, keep your distance and be respectful of others. You know, I was in a situation, as a matter of fact, when I went to get my, uh, my shot and I, I now received both of my shots. Uh, but when I went to get the shot, I got in line and I saw a friend of mine who was also in line and we were talking and all of a sudden somebody behind him said, you don't have a mask on. I had forgotten it. And there I was. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, you know, and I thanked him. I said, hey, thank you. Thank you for reminding me because it's not an easy habit to pick up, is it? That's right. And I'm telling you, there are plenty of people out there that will remind you if you don't have one. Yeah, and I, and I think that's good. And I think it's it's always good not to certainly get angry at them, but to thank them. The other thing I wanted to comment on was the fact that you mentioned grocery workers because these People are sort of uh, first offenders and fire, you know, nurses and doctors are getting all sorts of things. But those who are keeping the grocery stores stocked have really uh, performed a miracle for us because one of the things that did not happen in the pandemic was people had access to groceries and supplies and things that they need. Right. Now, Don, you didn't say first offenders, did you? you said no, first I, I think I did say first offenders. <laughs> <think about> <laughs> I meant first I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure uh, about first offenders. I'm not sure what they did. 
<laughs> well, you're right. They, these people working at grocery stores, they work hard. They work long hours for low pay. So, uh, and the same with our uh, farmers and the people in the food industry that are getting our food. Uh, you know, I know Commissioner Troxler's talked numerous times about making sure these these food workers are vaccinated and have access to the vaccine because we have to keep those folks safe. But we're on the right track. I think it's getting better. Uh, the the vaccine is getting distributed. So, uh, you know, we just thank everybody that's out there keeping us safe. And, you know, hopefully we'll see this thing go away uh, in the next few months and gradually return back to more normal times. Well, we're going to talk about individual uh, things that involve insurance in your office, including your work as fire, fire marshal in the next three segments of the program. I, I would like to mention, sure. of course, that uh, when we get to the insurance commissioner, we need to remember that health insurance is not one of the areas that is covered by our, our uh, there are some instances, and we'll talk about that as well. But our guest is insurance commissioner Mike Causey. He's beginning his second term as the insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina. And we will return with more here on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. Our guest on Carolina Newsmakers this week is Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, beginning his second term in that office. And uh, as we said when we opened the program, everyone always looks forward to hearing the Insurance Commissioner because we all deal with insurance matters of one sort or another. In many cases, business insurance, and in many cases, homeowners, and in many cases, automobile, and of course, all the other forms of insurance. I, I guess uh, the one that we always like to talk about, because it does affect probably probably everybody, and that's auto insurance. And uh, this has sort of changed the way that auto insurance and insurers work, because uh, with people driving less, we're having less claims. How, how is that affecting the whole auto insurance and auto insurance rates? Well, one thing's for certain, people uh, do have issues with insurance from time to time, and we get complaints about different things on a daily basis, 
But I, I would say in all the complaints that we receive, we receive more complaints about automobile insurance claims uh, than anything else. So I want people to know the Department of Insurance is here to help. If they've got, even if it's a question, a concern, they see a delay, suspect fraud or whatever, give us a call. Go to our website. We have a toll-free number. It's 855-408-1212. They may call me directly at 919-807-6003. And we have people on the phones Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, that can call you directly, get the facts, and help you get those claims settled. But it's true the number of claims have come down because people are driving less. Uh, I reached out about a year ago to the insurance industry, and I couldn't require them to discount or refund, but I urged the automobile insurance carriers to reflect any savings they saw in the premiums, and the majority of our automobile insurers did. They sent premium vouchers. Some sent dividend checks back to the consumer, so that was a big help. Um, now, does that mean they're not going to come back in the future and ask for some sort of a rate increase on automobile? I, I don't know, but we we have seen uh, some evidence that in some cases automobile insurance rates have trended downward. Uh, on the flip side, we have more distracted driving. Um, people are having more accidents because they're texting and driving. And the cars are more expensive with all the computer technology, cameras in the bumpers. So when there is an accident, it costs a lot more. So it, some of that balances out, even though the, the number of accidents are fewer because fewer people are on the highways. The speeding, uh, fewer people wearing seat belts, drunk driving, all of those things are huge factors in driving up insurance rates. So. It's, it's sort of a, a balancing act. We, we try to hold down the rates as low as possible, but at the same time, we want to make sure the insurance companies are financially sound so they stay in business and they pay the claims they're supposed to claim pay. The insurance fraud is a big deal, and we spend a lot of effort fighting insurance fraud in Around this state, there's about an article every day that we send out on somebody that's been arrested for insurance fraud. And probably the majority are automobile insurance claims, but health insurance fraud is the biggest dollar fraud in the, in the nation. And uh, that's also a big issue. We've had fraud with, we regulate mobile homes, manufactured housing. We've had uh, unlicensed contractors come in in violation of state statutes that we've had to find. So there's all types of fraud, and we need consumers to be aware of that. Well, I think people uh, think uh, sometimes there's, there's this mysterious pot of money out there or something. They say, well, the only people that got hurt on that was were the insurance companies. And guess what? who the insurance companies got their money from? They got their money from you and me. So when someone does You're commit right. fraud, it it, uh, it does cost us. And it's not a, uh, you know, when you see it and uh, don't turn your back to it, because believe me, uh, the honest people are paying for it. 
Well, we all are paying for it, and it's uh, there's various estimates, uh, you know, from ten cents to thirty cents. But every, for every dollar that we spend on insurance premiums, a big chunk of that, and and I, my research shows it's close to twenty cents. So. Uh, close to 20 cents of every dollar is going to pay for the fraud. So if you don't fight the fraud, those rates are going to go up and up. And uh, what I want to see is more insurance companies being more aggressive because about one out of every 10 insurance claims that are filed are fraudulent claims. And we rely on insurance companies to report it to us. But, we don't want, or I don't believe the consumers want the Department of Insurance and the state of North Carolina to be the number one fraud agent out there, investigation unit. I believe every insurance company should have a strong fraud investigation unit or special investigation unit. Some of them do. Uh, some of these companies devote a lot of resources uh, to fighting fraud. But we want every company to participate in that and have a stake in it because it all helps consumers when when we try to root out fraud and corruption. Well, we we see and hear an awful lot of ads and almost every uh, there's about four or five companies that advertise extensively all saying we can save you more on your insurance. Well, obviously, uh, what's the best way to shop for auto insurance? Uh, uh, well, because just there, remember, there are some differences Don, between companies, apparently. Absolutely. All the difference in the world. And just remember, you get what you pay for. Now, the, you know, there are a lot of companies that don't have agents around the state. They, they depend on Internet, TV, radio, whatever. But, you know, my recommendation would be to shop around, but also talk in person to an agent or talk on the phone with your local agent because there's no substitute for having an insurance agent that you can call when you have a claim. Now, it's great to have low rates, but if they're not going to pay your claim when you have a claim, uh, what have you accomplished? Well, the, and the other thing is uh, there are ways that, uh, as you said, you, you get what you pay for, but uh, there's a way to lower the rates to the minimum, and that's what you've got. Now you've got minimum coverage, uh, and so you need to figure out what you really need and then ask for that and then get prices. Exactly. In, in my opinion, nobody should carry minimum liability right? it's because uh, you have an accident, uh, and it doesn't have to be a Mercedes, BMW, or, or Lexus to run up a $100,000 tab in an accident. But uh, sometimes somebody will have an automobile insurance policy and they'll have the maximum limits. They'll have a $300,000 liability and and another company comes along and says, we can save you money, but they don't tell you that your limit's now $25,000 or some lower amount. So you need to make sure you're comparing the same amounts of coverage for the premium. And, and the course, best got, way I think is, is talk to agents uh, personally directly on the phone and don't rely on the TV ads and the, the internet ads. 
that's great advice. And of course, there's two elements. You've got the uh, the liability side, and you've also got the casualty side. And some people will skip on the casualty side and take a risk, be self-insured, I guess. It, that's right. And they also can call our office because we keep records. You know, we we have public documents of the number of complaints. So, I mean, we can tell people these are the companies that, that have the highest number of consumer complaints. These are the companies that have a great track record of responding quickly and helping consumers uh, get their claims settled. Now, now, one thing we can say that it, if it's not in the policy, they don't have to pay for it, and they're not going to pay for it. So you need to make sure, whether it's automobile insurance, homeowners, health insurance, or anything else, that that you've gone over the coverage with a knowledgeable, experienced insurance agent, licensed insurance agent, and say, this is covered, this is not covered, so you're not surprised when you file that claim. That's very good advice. I did not know that you kept records on complaints that's available to the public. That's that's interesting to know. So if someone wants to know the track record of the company that they're buying their insurance from, uh, they can call your office and get that that information? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't disclose personal information. We don't disclose the the details of a complaint, but we do have the numbers, like so many complaints filed uh, for automobile insurance, so many complaints filed on homeowners, different type categories by the company name. Yes, we do keep that. Well, that's interesting to know. Uh, and uh, again, how about, uh, I'm going to give people just a minute to get a pencil and paper before we start giving those numbers again, but you gave us some numbers that people can call for assistance to your office. And I'm going to ask you to repeat those. And I think probably we've given everybody enough chance now to find a piece of paper and a pencil. So why don't you do that right now, Commissioner? Well, the toll-free number is 855-408-1212. That's 855-408-1212. My direct line to the Commissioner of Insurance is 919-807-6003. But to see all of the different departments, Office of State Fire Marshal, Building Inspections, Collection Agencies, Bail Bonds, Insurance Fraud, and so forth, go to the website ncdoi.com. Gov. That is ncdoi.gov, and just click on the button. We you can click on a button to report insurance fraud. You can click on a button to request information, or you can just call us. But if you'll get a recording unless you call Monday through Friday. So if you call Monday through Friday, you got a good chance of speaking to a live person. And that's always better for people like me, for sure. Uh, and in this day and age where we're trying to automate everything, sometimes uh, it's hard to navigate uh, those websites. And I'm glad that you're trying to make that easier right. for everyone. And again, uh, I want to add one personal uh, piece okay. of advice, too. And that is if you see someone who is, who is guilty of fraud, remember, remember it's costing you as an individual. Uh, when you put up with somebody else getting something they don't deserve, you're the one that's really paying for it. 
Well, even if a person's not sure, they say, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. If they let us know, we do thoroughly investigate these things. And many times it's not a criminal thing. It's just a civil matter. But it, it helps us get the issue resolved and keep people on the right path. Our guest this week on uh, Carolina Heesmakers is Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey, who's beginning his second term. We've talked about auto insurance. We're going to turn to homeowners insurance next. And then also we want to talk a little bit about your role as the fire marshal of the state of North Carolina, because that's so important to everyone as well. And we'll do that when we return with the next segment of Carolina Newsmakers. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Well, welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. We welcome back uh, Commissioner of Insurance Mike Causey as our guest this week. Uh, he is just beginning his second term as the insurance commissioner of the state. Uh, he uh, graduated from High Point University, BS in business administration, and is, of course, as I said, just was reelected to his second term. As you campaigned across the state, uh, I, I suspect this gives you a really good chance to hear what people are really thinking and what their needs really are. So campaigning is probably a, a good source for research for you. It is. And I've spent uh, decades traveling this state, Don, meeting people, listening to people. And there's not a week that goes by that I don't get a phone call from somebody that wants our help at the department, uh, sometimes with an insurance issue. Sometimes it may be bail bonds or criminal or what have you but we're here to help and that's my message and so no question is too small we you know we may not be able to answer it but we, we'll do our best and we know where to look it up we uh we talked a lot about auto insurance and uh, the possibility of fraud there another area where you have a lot of fraud and another concern for most of the people who are listening is the matter of homeowners insurance or in in some cases renters insurance um, what's, what's new in that area? What's uh, concerning you and what's at the top of your list right now? Well, 
some people may not realize that insurance rates are not set by the insurance commission. In North Carolina, we have a separate agency. It's called the North Carolina Rate Bureau that was set up by the General Assembly. So if anyone has a concern with our rate-making process, they need to speak to their state senator or state representative. They have insurance committees in the House and the Senate, but the Rate Bureau represents the insurance industry. So they look at their financials monthly and then uh, every year or sometimes more often if they feel that uh, the claims are exceeding the revenue they will petition the department of insurance they say we're requesting a rate increase it's a very lengthy process and you're not talking about five or ten pages don you're talking to sometimes two or three thousand pages of details that takes months to go through and as you read in the paper the rate bureau has sent a request to raise homeowners rates somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 percent i mean that's just ludicrous to but you know we have to look at it we have to get our actuaries and our experts to look at it and see both sides now since I've been commissioner, you know, I only have two choices, and that's I can say yes or no. There's there's no in-between. So every rate request, every rate hike request that's ever become before me, I've said no. Now, the next step is we have to schedule a court date, a hearing date, which is usually nine months to a year in the future. So the hearing for this latest uh, rate hike request is January of 2022. So what can happen between now and next year is the, the rate bureau, the insurance industry could come back to me or my attorneys and say, could we discuss this? And in the past, we have done that and we've negotiated settlements that have been very favorable to the consumer. But we do have to look at it and see if any part of that request is justified. And because of my role, I'm I'm like a judge. I can't really comment on what I may do or uh, this looks good or this looks bad. I just have to be impartial. And, And again, yes or no is all I can say when it first comes to me. And that's and that's what we've done up to this point. I've said no, but we do listen. Well, you know, we, as you we pointed have, out with all of the insurance, uh, homes are getting more expensive. Uh, uh, claims are going to continue to rise as far as the uh, per claim amount and so forth. And so insurance companies have to remain solvent. And of course, the very best thing that the consumer has is when there's a competitive market. And that it's important for you to keep uh, a number of people writing insurance in North Carolina. Well, it is. And the other thing we do uh, that I didn't mention is we hold public hearings. So uh, we urge the public to call us, email us. And the last uh, homeowner's rate hike request that we received, we opened it up to the public. And I received over 10,000 emails from across the state. And guess what? Not a single consumer said, raise my rates. They all said, no, we don't want to see that. So, so, so uh, 
I hear I hear the consumer loud and clear, and we do everything we can to keep rates affordable. And on the positive side, we have the lowest homeowners rates in the southeastern United States. So compared to our neighboring states and other states around the nation, uh, we're in much better shape than other states. That don't mean we we still need to keep working at it. We we're never going to have the lowest because of our coastline. Uh, and there are, we've had, we've been hit hard with these disasters. We've had back-to-back hurricanes, tornadoes, and all of that really puts a lot of strain on the finances of these insurance companies that are paying out the claims. Well, we asked you this when we were talking about auto insurance, what are some tips that you would give homeowners and people who are seeking homeowners and renters insurance and things of this, uh, in this ballpark of concerns. What are some of the things that you hear come up more often than not as far as complaints? Well, after every storm, we have contractors just covering the, the area. And many of these contractors come in from out of state. They're not licensed. So people have to be very skeptical uh, after they have storm damage of somebody pulling up in their driveway and say, guess what? I have some extra materials. I can fix your roof if, you know, for one fourth of what we normally charge. Can we do it? And you need to check references, check with the Better Business Bureau, make sure they're licensed, uh, you know, call our office to see uh you know, if we've had any complaints on that particular contractor. But uh, when somebody has a claim, the first thing they need to do is call their insurance agent and report it. Uh, you, know, you need to have that coverage unless you want to, you know, if you have to have it if you have a mortgage. If your home's paid for, that's up to you. But how many people want to take the risk 100% on their self? That if something happens, they got to pay for everything. Uh, documenting your property is a big thing. You want to have a itemized listing of everything you own in every room. Take pictures or take take your camp cell phone, do videos. But when you have a loss, you've got to prove you know what you had and the condition. And uh, it's better to do this before you have a disaster or a claim uh, than try to go back and piece it up afterwards. So there, there's all kinds of suggestions. The main suggestions talk to your local insurance agent and get the advice. You want to make sure you have the proper coverage. You, you don't want to be overinsured, but you certainly don't want to be underinsured. Well, and some people have special collections or special hobbies uh, uh, that uh, in many cases are not covered by the, the overall policy. You have to list them. Uh, what are some of the you areas have, that you would urge? For example, if someone has an unusual amount of jewelry, uh, they probably talk to their talk. Right, you talk to the insurance agent and tell them what you have, and get that special rider. Um, you know, we've had people. We've had a couple of earthquakes, and people said, "Well, what do we need to get earthquake insurance?" You can add earthquake insurance riders to your policies. Um, we had a lot of flood claims that were denied because homeowners policies do not pay for flood damage. And 
we've worked hard for the last two years since uh, more than two years since Hurricane Florence with the rate bureau and the insurance industry. And we have finally gotten approved in North Carolina private flood insurance policy. So companies are beginning to come forward to offer private flood insurance policies. But uh, if it rains where you live, you need flood insurance. I mean, that's just the facts of life these days. You can get it through FEMA, the federal flood insurance program. And uh, it's not as expensive as, as people may think, unless you are truly in a low-lying flood zone. But you can talk to your insurance agent about adding a flood insurance rider uh, to your homeowner's policy or an earthquake rider or any of those things. And especially if you have uh, things like antique vehicles, art collections, uh, gun collections, and you want those covered, you have to have it listed as, as a special rider. And again, talking to that insurance agent locally is the best way to do that. Uh, and uh, as you said, uh, the best advice is going to come when you're in person. I, I guess a, a, a good question for a person to, uh, to ask the insurance agent when they're talking to them is, tell me what's not covered. What I bought some insurance. Tell me what's not covered right now. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good question. And you, that's the question to ask to, to your agent. And as I said, if you have a homeowner's policy, and some people don't realize what's covered and what's not covered. But if if your property is destroyed or damaged by flood waters, you have no coverage. So you have to have a flood insurance policy uh, to get that. It it will only cover up to the limits in the policy. So if somebody's house is worth four hundred thousand dollars and they have a $250,000 limit on that, that coverage, uh, that, that's the limit. So, uh, oh, one tip that I think that is very valuable is to have replacement coverage, whether it's automobile insurance or homeowners, that replacement coverage will make all the difference in the world when you have a claim. And if you have that replacement coverage, for example, on an automobile and your car's two years old and it's a total loss you'll get a check to go get a brand new vehicle as opposed to wondering how you're going to replace the the used car that you had and the same thing with homeowners you have a piece of furniture you bought years ago with something called appreciation it might a table may only be worth five dollars today uh, if you file that claim but if you have replacement coverage and the new table is five hundred dollars then that's what, what they'll pay for. So it is very well worth worth the little premium, uh, in my opinion, and I would encourage people to talk to their insurance agents about replacement coverage. So that's not uh, replacement coverage is in addition to your regular policy. Uh, in other words, if you don't ask for replacement coverage, then you, you basically have the depreciated value coverage. Is that correct? That That's correct. In, in most cases, unless it's... All, unless that's something the agent had put in there. And um, it, these are, they seem like little things, but they're big things when you have that claim. The, uh, the other uh, issue for automobile repairs that 
original equipment parts. You know, people, somebody may have a brand new vehicle and they have an accident and a fender's replaced, radiator's replaced or whatever. Well, unless that policy specifies that the repair shop will use original equipment parts, you may get an imitation part uh, made in China, made in Taiwan, wherever, that's uh, nothing like you had. So those are all issues that people really never think about until they have that accident and file that claim. All those are great tips. All those are certainly great tips. We've got one more segment with uh, Commissioner of Insurance, Mike Causey, and we'll do that when we return with the uh, final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. So you stay tuned. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week, his frequent guest is on our program. He's been with us, and we love, love to have Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey on because almost everyone who listens to our program is affected by insurance, either automobile insurance, homeowners insurance, or all the other types of insurance. And also, the Insurance Commissioner serves as the fire marshal of the state of North Carolina, and... Uh, that's uh, certainly an important part of your job. And we, we basically have two different fire systems. We have uh, paid fi uh, firefighters, uh, as uh, earlier, I think I said first offenders, I meant first responders, uh, they are in that role. And uh, th but then we have volunteer fire, fire departments and uh, that's certainly a, an important role. So talk a little bit about how we get our fire protection and how you work with uh, both the paid uh, and professional fire departments and the uh, volunteer fire departments. Well, well, thank you, Don. And I certainly appreciate you and your support for our first responders and uh, firefighters and law enforcement. And many people may not realize the majority of the firefighters in North Carolina and across the nation are volunteers. And it's for a long time, it held steady around 70% in North Carolina of volunteers. Uh, that number comes down a little bit each year because there are fewer and fewer volunteers. We see some 
volunteer departments having to hire paid staff uh, and, and so forth. But you have your, your career firefighters that work for the cities and municipalities. And many of our rural counties depend uh, totally or mostly on those volunteers. And, you know, they're making sacrifices every day. And I just can't thank our volunteers enough. I thank all of our first responders. But they depend on uh, grants from the state. We have a firefighters fund where we give out uh, grants. The maximum amount of that grant is $30,000 per fire department. They apply. And we do inspections, the safety, the rating inspections uh, for fire departments. And good news to the consumer is in the past four years, uh, during my term as commissioner, we have upgraded more than 500 fire departments in this state to a higher standard, which means in many cases, the homeowners get reduced homeowners insurance rate. And some people may not realize it, but the your local fire department and the ISO, the, the class rating that they have, and that's a number from 10 to 1, one being the pinnacle, the very best and the highest, the number that your local fire department has has a direct bearing on what you pay for, for homeowners in that fire district. So, for example, if somebody's in a rural district and an unclassified fire department's rated a, a 9 or a 10, and that fire department, through different things there's a checklist they they get uh, better equipment better response times better sources of water water supply and so forth and they move up to a, a class four or class five the in most cases those homeowners and particularly the business owners see a decrease their their insurance rates go down so that is a big deal and when it comes to the class one when i took office in uh, January of 2017, we had a handful of Class One fire departments, the big Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh, the big city fire departments. And today, we have 16 Class One fire departments. Towns like uh, Rocky Mount, Hickory, Wilson, uh, that, that are smaller towns that are actually in the same category as our big cities. So that is a really big deal for economic development, for recruiting a business and industry and helping the citizens in those areas. And we, you know, we continue to do what we can to help the fire service. And we, we listen to their needs and concerns. And we're working now with the legislature to improve the grant money that goes out to these fire departments and and I just applaud and thank them for their service and sacrifice. In addition to fire uh, protection, in many cases, especially in cities, uh, the fire fireman is one of the first ones to respond to a health emergency. They they are the first responders. Uh, they actually do more health calls now than fire calls and. We, uh, I'll tell this little story. I was down in Rowan County in the Granite Quarry, and that fire department in that small town went to a class one. It is just amazing that 
the level of ex- expertise in that fire department. And we were making this presentation before the mayor and the town council, the board of aldermen. And at the end, the elected officials were standing up to give remarks. One county commissioner stood up. He choked up, was in tears, and said, had it not been for the fire department, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. So he had a heart attack in sitting in his chair, and the fire department response was so quick, they saved his life. And and that's the type of response they have. And so, you know, if you have an accident out there, they're the first ones on the scene. And so, uh, you know, we could go on and on about that, but we all know we couldn't make it without our first responders, in particular our firefighters. Uh, another area that you supervise that goes in hand in hand with fire protection is the matter of building inspecting, inspections, because when a building is built or a home is built, if it's built to the proper standards, the opportunity for fire or other problems are lessened considerably. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I guess a lot of people don't understand that that also is under your uh, supervision. It is. We're the chief building inspector for the state. We work with all the 222 building inspection jurisdictions around the state. We work closely with the local jurisdictions, help in any way we can. as I said, we license electrical contractors and plumbing contractors and building inspectors, but we're working now, we have state inspectors and we're increasing those to help and we're over engineering codes, but it's important that we have timely inspections. Uh, in the last couple of years, we worked on legislation to get these inspections done within two business days and that's been a big help to the builders and the consumers and the commercial construction industry. Uh, we ask people with any concerns or questions or comments on building inspections to let us know. We're also in charge of risk management for all state-owned property. So the state has about 14,000 buildings, Don, that we have to look at and make sure they're properly insured and as Insurance commissioner, I'm in charge of life, uh, life and health safety issues in each one of those buildings. So, uh, one one thing that uh, people may not realize that you know, the state has a process when they when they build a building in state construction, they don't have the inspection requirements that you or I have as homeowners. So, uh, you know, we have to work with that process closely to make sure all state buildings are constructed uh, safely. You know, the list of things that uh, you're uh, in charge of is is really extensive, and I, I'm sure that uh, uh, most people don't have uh, the full understanding of everything that really happens in the insurance commissioner's office, and that's one reason I'm glad that we have this opportunity to talk about these different areas. Well, the General Assembly is, is, uh, is uh, in action. Uh, you, uh, I'm sure, have some legislation that you are interested in this year. What what legislation uh, is going to come before our General Assembly members this year that will affect either homeowners or auto insurance or, uh, or the building inspections or the fire departments? 
Well, uh, Don, there's always legislation. There's always some type of legislation that affects something with the, within the Department of Insurance. And we haven't even touched on collection agencies and bail bondsmen uh, that we regulate. So we have uh, legislation, there's pending legislation to further modernize our insurance system, uh, to make it uh, work smoother and better, more consumer friendly. Uh, we have some fraud legislation to further strengthen our fraud investigation units. Uh, we have uh, one for the fire departments is a cancer bill. We want to make sure that any firefighter that gets cancer in the, in, that is treated as a, a if, they, if they die, it's a line of duty death. And so we're working as a priority item for that legislation to have that cancer recognized uh, as some of the other states have already done. And there's just a, a list too long for me to go over today, but we, we have a lot of insurance financial regulations that we have to update. And, uh, you know, we like, we depend on the consumers and we, we get a lot of feedback from constituents. So, Sometimes people will point out something to us in a general statute, and, and not all, but most of our insurance regulation is under Chapter 58 of the general statutes. And so sometimes you'll find a statute that may have been passed into law 30, 40 years ago, and some of that is outdated and we need to update it. So that comes under what is referred to as technical changes. But I have a really good working relationship with our legislators. We have some great state senators and state representatives. Uh, we have, I think we have the best insurance committee that we've ever had, uh, primarily because we've never had this many actual insurance agents or insurance agency owners that are on that that's primarily what makes up the committees in in the both the house and senate and you go back 20 or 30 years and it's mostly attorneys nothing against attorneys don but i mean i think it's just better to have the subject matter experts uh, that are working on this le type legislation well that's uh that's always been a criticism that i've had in the broadcasting business uh, the fcc fairly uh regularly uh, ignores asking the broadcasters what would they change if they had the opportunity to do it. So I right. think it's good that you've got some professionals on. Uh, you know, you always have to understand that some people do have self-interest, and that's okay. You, you know where they're coming from, and that's okay. Well, Commissioner Causey, thank you so much for being with us, Insurance Commissioner of the State of North Carolina, and answering these questions. Uh, for more information about the Department of Insurance, you can go to ncdoi.gov ncdoi.gov. program has been produced by Jason Cog, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. I think we have a congressman on our show next week. So we'll see you next week right here on the same group of stations on Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong 
Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.